All right, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, investors, business owners everywhere, welcome to today's episode of the Seven Figures Club podcast, the podcast where we focus on helping you to join the 5% of business owners that generate seven figures a year in annual income and sales. So today's genius that we brought onto the show, amazing guy, I've been really excited to studying and getting to know um, all of the different uh, topics that he's an expert about. We've got Gary Ross here, and Gary is a communications trainer, coach, and consultant. His recent engagements have included a communication training program with proprietary e-learning for a professional services company, as well as consulting and coaching CEOs and C-level execs. Got a lot of entrepreneurs and C-level execs uh, with the show. Um, he also specializes in internal communication uh, with teams on corporate transformations and integrations, M&A. So as you're starting to grow and scale your business, you've got different departments and the ability of those departments can communicate and mesh well together is a key to success. His experience also reaches from the upper ranks to the Fortune 500, two small nonprofits and in industries, including healthcare, technology, manufacturing, consumer products, industrial products, food and beverage, hospitality, academics. He brings a world of experience, real world experience when it comes to leadership communication. Gary, excited to have you on the show. Welcome. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Hey, thanks for having me, Leo. It's great to be here. So Gary, we always love to find out a little bit uh, more about your background beyond the bio and, and kind of what led you down the uh, this path, this topic of expertise. One of the things we talk about often on this podcast is if you want to truly, you know, achieve the type of success uh, and level of notoriety and and impact that we all want to have on business our clients, uh, our teams, leadership, the world, it starts out by becoming a true expert and, and really dominating certain topics. And when you become known as the expert in that area, that the go-to person, that's what leads to a lot of growth, a lot of success and impact within your career, business, et cetera. And so what were some of the key events that led you down this path of understanding the importance of certain types of communication, how that works into leadership and articulating a message uh, to uh, teams, clients, et cetera. What, what were some of those key experiences for you that led you to become an expert with this important topic? Well, we can, we, we all have experts or we all have our expertise and you've got a lot of expertise of, or a lot of experts rather of folks that you, that you work with. And it's great if we've got all that knowledge up here in our in our minds. We we know what we know, and we know that we're good at what we do. And then when it comes to time to describe it to somebody, or actually sit with a client and explain to them what you should do, actually use the value of that expertise, we don't exactly know how to do it. And mm -hmm. it's you know, so you can have everything up in your mind, and you can sometimes write things down and kind of your own chicken scratch or your own abbreviations. But if you don't know how to if you don't know how to relate that to the folks who you're you're speaking with, you you don't have the credibility. You lose your ability to persuade and your and influence, and then business can go out the window. So 
you talk asking about my my background. I I grew up as a uh, as a journalist actually uh, right out of school. I was in television and radio. And when you're a when you're a TV news reporter, you walk in the door every day, and you don't know what you need to necessarily be an expert in by six o'clock at night when the news comes on. So yeah. you got to be a, a quick fast. study, and yeah, you got to be a quick study and be able to take all of that information that you hear from official sources, from people, men on the street that you might interview and so forth, and distill that down into a minute or a minute 15 and be enough of an expert in that to be able to, to talk about it on the news. And I, I got out of TV and radio and got into, uh, got into PR and media relations after that. But uh, throughout my career and, and to this day, that storytelling expertise, the ability to take that complex information, narrow it down into something where you can quickly explain it to people is uh, is really valuable. And I use it every day to, to this day. And that's what I try to help people with now as well, is to help them take all this great information floating around in their heads, the, the expertise that they've developed over the years that, that only they have, and then be able to turn that into something that's compelling, that's going to get people to, to pay attention and say, oh, I, I, I should listen to this person. And, and so it's through, it's through storytelling, it's through clarity, it's through breaking through clutter, it's through understanding the, the communication universe that we're all in today and how you can best adapt to that and break through all that clutter so you bring that, you're able to inform and influence and, and persuade and and, and get that business or get that funding or have other people do what uh, essentially you would you would like them to do. You mentioned some important things there, Gary, where a lot of the times we get caught up talking about facts and and maybe even kind of the industry terminology, which may be exceedingly complicated. And when you're actually talking about your potential client customer, even a strategic partner, uh, the ability to simplify that message and even use stories is a powerful way to communicate that. What are some of the keys to simplifying a message? and and communicating it in simpler terms and how does storytelling become part of that narrative and why should storytelling i guess be part of every company's story oh and it absolutely should be because um it's storytelling ever since cavemen were around drawing pictures on the walls of caves we've been communicating with stories we are wired, our minds are wired to respond to stories. Research, research has even shown that chem, there are chemical reactions that happen in the brain that get people emotionally involved in something. So stories are a way to, to grab people's attention, get them emotionally involved. And then from there, you, you get that buy-in, you get that persuasion, you get that influence through telling a story. There's a very simple... Uh, formula you can use to construct your your own story, and this is a template that I use with folks on telling essentially what their what a corporate narrative is. But it's it's the same structure that's been used in in stories uh, throughout time, and and even some of your favorite movies and TV shows use this formula. But we can harness that into business and and grab people and, and emotionally move them and pay attention and to buy in. So what's this formula? It's basically, you're answering four questions. Where are we now? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? 
and what will it look like when we get there? And this has this can be adapted to uh, a product and what somebody's experience with a product will be. It could be if you're talking about a growth story of a business. Here's where here's where we are now. Here's where we're going to be going. So a, kind of a, a vision for for the future. How are we going to get there? The steps that we're going to take as a business to do it, and also some of the challenges that we have to overcome. And then what's it going to look like when we get there? That's the picture of success. That's the 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 shining city on a hill, so to speak. And when we get there, what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like as well? And so you take those four questions again, where are we now? Where are we going? How will we get there? And what will it look like when we get there? And answer those questions using one sentence each for each of those questions. And then for each of those sentences, you can create some supporting messages or some clarif clarifying messages for that and back that up with some data as well. You can fit this all on one page. And when you get that, you have this powerful tool that is on, on, on one sheet of paper that explains where you're going. You're taking people on a journey. So this, this, this formula not only is, is something that, that all classic stories or many classic stories will follow, uh, it also incorporates uh, these age-old story elements of, of a challenge or a quest, bringing people along on a journey. So Again, these four questions, where are we now? Where are we going? How will we get there? What will it look like when we get there? Think about, um, go back and think about, let's say the Wizard of Oz, okay? One of the timeless stories of the last several generations. Where are we now? We're, we're stuck in Oz. Where are we going? We wanna get back home. We wanna get back to, to Kansas. How are we gonna get there? We're gonna follow the yellow brick road and get to the wizard and he'll let us, he'll let us get home. And what will it look like when we get there? There's no place like home. So if you, and, and that's what it'll feel like when you, when you get home. So you think about some of the, some of the Wizard of Oz, Star Wars, Shakespeare, all have used this, this story construct. You can use it for your business too, to grab people's attention, emotionally move them and have them come along with you. There's another thing to, to think about as well. Another construct as you're talking to people and you can, if, if you don't, necessarily have the time or the inclination to, to tell a story, let's say over a, over a, a brief conversation, you can, uh, one thing that always helps to, uh, to think about is as you're communicating with somebody, think about what you want them to know, what you want them to feel, and what you ultimately want them to do. And this is good for internal audiences, but also for external audiences as well. Know, feel, and do. So what do you want them to know? What's the information that's important for them to have based on what you're looking to convey? How do you want them to feel about it? You want them, do you want them to be excited? Do you want them uh, to feel curious about what it is you're talking about? And then ultimately, what do you want them to do? What is the action that you want them to take? Thinking about what you want people to know, feel, and do can help you organize your thoughts into some very, very persuasive communication, both if you're talking to your, your own workforce or to people externally uh, as well. A lot of times we fall into the habit of just thinking about the know and the feel part. You know, how many of us have been in a company where we get an email toward the end of the year that says, okay, uh, here's how the business is doing, we're, we're, we're near our goal, but uh, we need to, to finish the year strong. And if we all get excited and get behind this, we're gonna have the best year ever that the company has had. So go out and finish the year strong. 
well, okay, so that gave me information on what I want, what, what the company wants me to know is that we're near our revenue target, but we need more. It, it, it gives me what we want uh, employees to feel. We want people to get psyched up to, to go ahead and finish the year strong, but it doesn't really tell me what to do. You know, finish the year strong is really, really vague. What do I do when I walk in the door in the morning or I flip on my computer in the morning? What do I actually need to do? A lot of us, believe it or not, forget to include that in our communication. So following that no feel, do construct uh, lets us cover those important bases and helps us create a communication again that will persuade and inform and influence. Yeah, it's really important painting, having that clear call to action of, of what needs to take place for you to achieve that level of success. And the interesting thing that kind of came to my mind is, is you know, uh, attending a few events with Tony Robbins where he talks about the importance of human beings having this need to, if you have a compelling future, that's something that drives you forward, helps you push through adversity and painting what it looks like when we, you know, follow the yellow brick road and we get back uh, to home and it's going to be amazing to get back there. That's what a lot of leaders don't always communicate. What are some of the, the more effective communication roles that you've kind of uh, created or, or seen are effective, especially for leaders? Well, for leaders, uh, for leaders, several things are important. Uh, first among them, I believe, is authenticity. Mm. And that takes a lot of different forms. Authenticity is demonstrated, um, frankly, just by showing up and communicating. Uh, I've got a lot of number one rules of communication because I think they're all equally important. But um, one of those rules is that everything communicates. And the act of not communicating actually communicates. It says, okay, I don't have time for you, or I don't think you're important, or I've got something difficult that I don't have the courage to talk about. So being there for your people, being your, an authentic self and, and getting in front of your, your people and having that visibility is, uh, is important. Authenticity also shows itself in really in the words and the, and the tone that you use. So many of us in business, and we're all guilty of this at, at one point or another, feel the need to use these, these fluffy words. Uh, I'm going to get out there and leverage a new para, uh, leverage a new paradigm in order to optimize the customer experience so that we may, you know, blah, 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 blah. All these words that, you know, real people don't use in, in conversation. Get out there and talk like a real person, you know, and, and people will appreciate that and be able to, to relate to you uh, as well as you're, um, as you're speaking with them. So uh, that, that authenticity, that visibility, Talking with people like a like a human being, I think, is just at the just at the very beginning. And then the importance of two way communication really is uh, is is critical. People don't want to feel like they're being spoken to necessarily. They want to be part of a conversation. And if a leader can can listen and then show empathy behind what somebody is is saying and and talking to them about, then then that's uh, that really does go a long way. And then authenticity also shows up in just simply leveling with people. Sometimes, and we can't avoid this in business, sometimes there's just bad news and there's no way around it. That's bad news. And sometimes we can try to spin it 
And it comes across as BS because people see through that. People's BS detectors are on are set to high these days. And, and they're able to, to, to see that. So just simply leveling with people and and saying, you know, here's here's the answer to that difficult question. Here's why that's the answer. Here's the thought that's gone behind it. And people ultimately, they they may not like the answer to the question, but they'll appreciate being leveled with and being treated as somebody who, who deserves the right answer. Authenticity also shows up when you are, when a leader is not afraid to say, I don't know, or I don't know yet. And it's okay to say that, say, I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm going to work to find that out. Or I don't know the answer to that question because we simply don't have it yet. There are some, a few things that need to happen before we can answer that question, but we hope to have an answer for you in two to three days or two to three weeks or whatever it happens to be. Um, and, and, and people will, will pick up on that. And then that, that builds the all important ingredient in, in companies these days is, is trust. And so when you have that authentic um, communication style, you will develop that trust and, and that will, that'll help people um, that'll lead people to, to, to follow you where, where you want to take them. Absolutely. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, a book by Netflix uh, CEO founder, Reed Hastings, where he's talking about no rules, rules, and this culture of candor. And so when it comes to Gary having some of those difficult conversations, let's say with an employee, with someone you're managing, and you have to give that constructive feedback, and there, it's very likely that it's going to be very difficult perhaps for that person to accept, what are some of the uh, strategies in having kind of those difficult conversations to where somebody isn't defensive, but can actually, you know, step back and, and try and, you know, find a way to correct an issue to get better. And, and what are some effective ways to tackle those difficult conversations? It goes back to authenticity. And if you're having a tough conversation with somebody, they're going to feel like they deserve to be leveled with, to have a, a real conversation. So again, what that, that looks like is sometimes, and we're all, when we've had to have, when we have to have difficult conversations, people, some with people, it, um, it, it's just human nature. It's nobody enjoys it. It's not fun. And so we try to sometimes couch that in, in flowery language, or it takes us five or 10 minutes just to get to the point. Or well, we've read emails that are delivering bad news, and it takes five or six paragraphs to get down to actually what, what is happening. So as much as you feel the urge to, to do that, um, deliver the news up top, and then go in and, and explain and, and have the conversation about why this is needs to happen or uh, why a decision has, has been made. Give all that information, and then just listen. And by listening, it's not, we don't, we don't want to listen just to be able to reply. Listening by listening to what somebody is saying and say, okay, how am I going to respond to that? How am I going to respond to that? How am I going to respond to that? Think about what somebody is actually saying and internalize it. And it's okay to take a breath or a pause or two before you begin your answer. And what that does is that that allows you to have that empathy that people are, are going to respond to. So if you're concerned by doing these things, if you're concerned about somebody having a, just a negative reaction or you're dreading the conversation, uh, if, if you do these things, you're able to have a more 
uh, in, in most cases, stable kind of adult conversation with someone where there's mutual respect, there's mutual listening and, and understanding. So taking the time to really listen for understanding and not to respond, and then having that, that two-way conversation. And again, if, the, if something comes up and you don't know the answer, say, you know what, that's, that's a good question, and I'll, I'll get back to you with an answer on that. that that's okay. People appreciate that. So sometimes we make these, these things, whether it's a difficult conversation or it's a routine communication, we, we make them way more complicated than they, than they need to be. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, let's talk a little bit, if we could, about the difference between communicating, uh, maybe not verbally, but through writing, right? We've got uh, emails, we've got social media, all these different platforms where we can communicate and, and reach out to people, to clients, to strategic partners, to you know members of our team, to our employees, et cetera. And we're trying to communicate those messages uh, by writing versus, you know, the difference in, in doing it uh, verbally. What are some of the, you know, key focuses that successful leaders use or, or great communicators use when they're writing that they think that, you know, it is different writing. It's It's got to be mapped out in the right way, the right order sequence, et cetera. What are some of those keys that great communicators do when sending out those emails and those social media posts, because that's a big part of communication today. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it absolutely is. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier, where we have so much of that expertise and knowledge bottled up in our heads that yes. we can feel like we just need to, to kind of disgorge it all at once. And so it gets out to the, the people we need, but what happens is it gets out to them in a form that's very hard for them to decipher. And the value of that expertise then has just been lost because it's no good if if people can't understand it, right? So what do we do to make sure we can do that? First of all, we think about the communication universe that that we're living in. And by by that I mean work communication is one of the it's only one of the ways really that that we're being communicated to, at, with, however you want to describe it, uh, these days. There is social media. There's, if you're in an elevator in an office building, there's a little screen with the news briefs on it. There's uh, billboards on the sides of buildings. There's all these things that are battling for our attention. Well, guess what? Your work communication needs to battle for people's attention too, just like all those other things. And we're in, we've been conditioned now with, with social media, with Twitter and so forth, for people to see these bite-sized little nuggets of, of information to grab our attention. We see it, we move on. We look, see something else, we move, we move on. So if you're communicating in a written form, say by email, your email's gotta fit into that universe. So what does that look like? It looks like first starting with the with the subject line. It, it can't be anything that is generic, like update or question or, or something like that. Because again, think about how people are digesting their their email, they're on a phone, they're, they're, they're scrolling through it, uh, a feed of, of 25 or 30 or more other emails, or they're on their computer, they're doing something else, something pops up, it says update. Okay, well, you know, big deal. But if in, in the subject line, it says revenue opportunity, then it's, oh, okay, that might stop me in my tracks of, of scrolling and filtering through to, to kind of crack open that email. Okay, so now that's part of the battles. You've gotten somebody to crack open that email. 
But if I see one big, long, gray copy block with all this interesting, to you at least, technical I'm information, out. I'm out. exactly, I'm out. I'm, I'm not going to go through that. So even if you've got a lot to, to put into that, break it up visually into one or two line segments or, or paragraphs to help it come through. Uh, in addition to that, use bullet points. So make think about making your written communication very, very scannable, easily scannable. If there are things that need to be emphasized, use bold, use underlining to emphasize, to draw people's attention to that. Again, we're working in this cluttered uh, universe. And so we've got to always remember that when we're communicating with folks. And then, you know, this is, I, I, I do training on this and I, I've trained professionals who are experts in, in finance and technology who have a hard time writing uh, emails to their clients, to their uh, to their colleagues as well. So we talk about all of this. We also, um, we also believe it or not, talk about grammar. Uh, I, I don't like being a grammar cop, but there are, there are some things that just will stand out and cause people, you know, what, what is this person trying to say? Unless you're really familiar with somebody, stay away from emojis, stay away from the text talk like LOL and, and all of that. Uh, unless you're really, really familiar with with somebody, because you'll other, otherwise you'll you'll come across as not uh, not being professional. Um, and then keep in mind again the things that we talked about before: no feel do. If I'm if I need somebody to act on something, I keep all those things in mind. So I do a, a compelling subject line. I break things up so it's visibly or visibly appealing. And then I say, okay, what do I want somebody to know, feel, and do? And I could capture that in three little paragraphs. Thanks. Please get back to me. And that's it. And so, so that, and then also don't be afraid to be your own editor too. If you sometimes, and, and I do this all the time, if I feel like I've got something that I need to tell somebody, I'll write the whole thing out and then I'll look at it. And I'm like, Oh, nobody's going to read that. So I go back and I, and I cut and cut and cut and cut. And I'm like, well, all right, this email, which is much shorter and, and visually appealing is going to do the same job that that, you know, short novel I wrote uh, would have done, you know, anyway, if somebody had the time to, to read through it, which they probably didn't anyway. So be your, be your own editor and, and, and go through it and think about it before you send it. Guys, a lot of value bombs there when it comes to communicating effectively with email in terms of the way you structure the simplicity, not using the confusing mumble jumble that you do in technical terms and making it easy to understand, and then not putting it in this massive blob of clutter, but very well organized one to two lines at a time. That is a big key you'll see. You know, you'll see that on MailChimp and other trainings with some of the email marketing groups out there, that those are some of the hacks there that help you communicate more effectively with your emails, which is so yeah. we we all we we all get, geez, I, I get like a hundred emails every single day, whether I want to or not. And so the ability to communicate there pretty important. Yeah. And, and, and it's Gary, not just it's not just in marketing. It's for your day-to-day -day communication. Yes. Yes. Exactly right. And and if you're going to spend the time communicating, you might as well do it effectively and do a good job. And when it comes to communicating, there are certain keys to communicating in such a way that you can build relationships. And oftentimes, maybe you're looking to build a relationship with a, a C-level executive or your manager, your boss. Maybe you're looking to connect up with a strategic partner who's from a much larger 
company that maybe is further along than you, or you're you're a young entrepreneur startup and you're trying to you know build a relationship with someone who's already had you know an exit and uh, has been a successful entrepreneur. What are some of the communication keys to building relationships with you know a mentor, a C level exec, someone like that who can really make a positive impact if you can build that relationship? Yeah, so some of the advice I give people on this, I, I did a talk on this and, and I've done some training on this as well with, with companies. Sometimes this can make people a little nervous, but I swear it works. And it, it's worked for me in the in the past too. Okay. If you're talking to a CEO, whether it's in your own company or another or another one, um, one way you can stand out is by kind of letting your guard down and, and showing that you're at ease with them. So many CEOs and senior level executives uh, are used to people tiptoeing around them or being intimidated by them. And they're human beings too. And it makes them uncomfortable. A lot of them makes them very uncomfortable. So one way you can stand out and not be one of those people who tiptoes around is ask your CEO things like, how was your weekend? Nobody ever asked the CEO, how was your weekend? Because they're too afraid to. But you know what? CEOs have weekends just like everybody else with, with their family. Oh, it was great. We were at the, you know, we were at the beach and we played or we went to the football game or or what have you. And something sticks in somebody's mind. It's like, all right, well, this is a this is a cool person. And it's a harmless question. How was your weekend? Right. And and it can get you into some other kinds of conversations where you can look for for some other commonalities where somebody might have gone to school or or what have you. And all of a sudden you're connecting with somebody on a personal level that most people are afraid to do. And it makes you it helps you stand out a little bit. So then when it comes time to provide that advice, that counsel or make a case, make a pitch for something, whether it's inside your company or you're working with somebody outside your company, um, that you, you're at least, you're, you're, your foot is in their mental door, so to speak. You've already worked your way in as somebody that they like hearing to speak. So there you go. You've gotten that opportunity and, you, and you've, stood, you've stood out beyond others. Now, some people are a little nervous to do that, there are some CEOs who are have massive egos and don't want to deal with the little people and, and all that. And you know what? Every now and then you run across that and it kind of is what it is. But in my experience, most people uh, will appreciate something like that, even the little attempts at humor. Uh, there, there was one case where um, I was on a trip with a bunch of people. We had, uh, there were eight of us. We had two cars and the CEO insisted on driving the first one because uh, he liked to drive. And I was driving the second one and uh, he had no idea where he was going. And so he was making all uh -oh. these different crazy turns left, right. <laughs> and we're going in circles. We finally get to where we're going. And, you know, I get out of the car and, and I, I look across, I say, you know what? I think he was trying to shake us, you know, like sort of like, like something you'd say in like a goofy movie or whatever. And, and he laughed, you know, you kind of have to know your audience if the person has a sense of humor, but, but he laughed and he thought it was funny. Um, and again, it, it's a way to a little bit, it's, it's a way to, to distinguish yourself and, and, and then, and then have yourself, have yourself heard. So don't be afraid of, of being a human being around those folks. A lot of them, most of them will appreciate that. A lot of your messages, that authenticity, keeping it real, 
communicating yeah. on the level of the person of your audience instead of trying to put on this facade and and you know level sophistication that just isn't needed and just isn't I'll, even effective even at I'll, the highest levels it's true i mean I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another quick story earlier in my career i was in a company where i had i often had exposure to the president of the company it's a large company about a three billion dollar company and wow. um you know, I had received coaching that, you know, he just, he didn't think that, um, you know, I was, I was easy to relate to or wouldn't be a good person for advancement and whatnot. And I don't know, there was one day where I went to go see him and it was, and there was somebody, another executive was in there and it was just late at night and I was tired and I didn't feel like putting on the, that formality facade that I had around this president which I guess was working against me. And I just kind of became more of a human being in the course of this conversation. And I received coaching later that said, if you're more like that, more relaxed, you'll get in better with the, with the CEO. So I, I was overcompensating because I was around this guy and thought, you know, I needed to be Mr. Uh, straight lace and talk in, in dry corporate lingo. If I relaxed and actually showed my personality, then he would, embraced me more as a colleague. And that's what was the coaching that, that I received. And this company, by the way, was, you know, they had a fairly stodgy culture. So this was not, uh, you know, uh, an informal startup by any, any stretch of the means. So that was an early lesson for me. Good, good lessons. So Gary, a lot of the listeners right now, or, you know, they're driving, they're, they're on the treadmill and they're listening to this podcast and they're saying, wow, the great information, you know, I'd like to go further. And, and that's what we're all about in this podcast. We don't want passive listeners. We want people taking action, making progress, becoming expert, adding new skills and new, um, you know, new keys to success in growing their business, in growing their career and achieving more success, happiness, fulfillment, and, and impact. And so to do that, they need to take the next step. What is the next step that they can take to learn more about how to more effectively communicate, be a leader, communicate through the written word, through video, which is obviously important today? What's kind of the next step that they can take right now to you know start mastering this skill? Well, begin, do, do a, a communication audit, really, of yourself. Look at the communication yeah. that you send out every day, whether it's by video, whether it's email. I don't know if anybody still does memos, but what, <laughs> any, anything, the way you communicate, look at the way you communicate, look at what, and, and then evaluate the responses that you get from that. What works? What hasn't really been working? And then look at that through the lens of some of the things that we talked about today, authenticity. Thinking about no feel do, using a story to to break through, um, breaking through the clutter, being brief, using um, visually appealing uh, structure in 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 the written form, and and go through and be honest with yourself on on what needs to uh, what you can change. Also, ask for feedback. Talk to folks who you work with and say, "What do I do well? What can I work on?" It's if if we're looking to improve on something. It's time for a little humility and understand what it is that, that you can work on and, and to make your communication more effective. Uh, I have 11 e-learning courses that are available online at, at plus.insidecoms.com that are geared mostly for uh, workplace internal communication, but address things like uh, communicating bad news, two-way communication, uh, business acumen for people who are, who are communicating, um, 
and and writing and speaking for internal audiences and and so forth. Those courses, depending on how quickly you go through them, could take you a little more than an hour each, perhaps. But they've got videos, exercises, and also downloadable tools that little cheat sheets that you can keep and use forever to help you with with these various things. And we talk about in those courses, we talk about no feel do and storytelling. There's a whole course on developing a narrative and so forth. So it's at uh, again plusplus.insidecoms.com and and take a look at that. And then I, it's it's also uh, training and coaching that I do with 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 companies and also with individuals uh, as well on uh, on all of this stuff. But really the first step is to do again as I said a, a communication audit of everything that you do and then be honest what what needs to improve. Mm. I think that's really important, especially in this world of automation, where you know we've got automated uh, emails and text messages and sales processes and systems that are created. And maybe we created those. I'm thinking about some that we might have created years ago in our company that we probably need to go back and review. And it does it really, you know, help our our customer understand what they need to know, feel, and do to take the right steps uh, towards working with us to achieving the result they want. And by the way, guys, that in, that is inside comms, that's C-O-M-M-S dot com. So plus dot inside comms, two M's in, in the comms there dot com. And a lot of great information and training resources on communicating better. Uh, Gary even has programs with consulting, coaching, speaking, etc. cetera, uh, to add a lot of value to you, your company, and, and team. So again, take action and check out those resources. And Gary, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Hey, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, Leo. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.